The scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Blessed be this reading of the Word of God. So Jesus faces down the devil out in the desert. We begin this Lenten story. i got to be honest with you. The devil would have had me at bread, you know. I'd have been, I'd have been giving in right on the bread part. Especially if a little French cheese came with it, right? <laughs> The devil knows where to get me, right on the food. I would have I given in right there. Uh, the power, nah, I don't want that. Who needs the, who needs the headaches? But a little bread, a little nice, right out of the oven, right? <laughs> that would have gotten me. Uh, I, have to commend, I have to commend Jesus after, who, after 40 days and 40 nights. And Matthew, uh, this story actually comes from Mark, but Matthew adds the 40 nights part. Because he's echoing, once again, well, 40 plays a significant role in a lot of places all over the Bible. But Matthew in particular, as I pointed out a couple of weeks ago, uh, Matthew in particular seems to be pointing continually to Jesus as the new Moses. And so here he takes the opportunity to, to say 40 days and 40 nights because that echoes Exodus. When Moses went up, on Mount Sinai and spent 40 days and 40 nights fasting before God finally delivered the Ten Commandments to him, right? They didn't include that part in Chuck Heston's version of things, but uh, there was this long fasting that took place, which Jesus now reenacts for us uh, before beginning his ministry. And at the end of those 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus faces down the devil who, who comes at him with the temptation. And ultimately, really, it's, it's one temptation 
and three variations on a theme, and that temptation is to do things the easy way. Why go hungry, Jesus, when you can just snap your finger and turn some rocks into bread? Why, why, why do you put yourself through this? Just, just make yourself a little bit of bread. Not going to hurt anything. Yeah, and the the temptation to rely on the miraculous. Hey, you know what? People would really start to listen to you if you showed them how how much God loved you by jumping off the pinnacle of the of the temple, and then some angels swoop in and and keep you from dashing your feet. Wouldn't that make for a great show? Give the people what they want, Jesus. They want a nice show and, uh, and some bread. <laughs> and Jesus says no to that. And finally he says, look, how about, how about you come work for me and I've got a benefits package that you won't believe. Come, come work for me. Come be my guy. And everyone will bow down to you. I will make them do it. Jesus finally tells Satan to just go away. Resists. All of that. I love that. What I the, the one of the things that I bring this up every year. The, one of the things I love about this story is Jesus doesn't do anything miraculous here. Jesus calls on the Word of God for strength to resist temptation. Jesus doesn't rely on. There's no supernatural thing that happens in this story. Jesus relies on the Word of God just like you and me. Just like you and me. Jesus is uh, basically demonstrating for you and me how to do it right. Now Jesus resists the temptation to take the easy way out and instead goes through the hard time, the, the difficulty of doing it right of doing it the way God would have us do it. And you know what? We live in a world today where it is, it's easy. It's e- everything's kind of delivered up. Uh, it's pretty easy to, you know, things are cheap. Uh, if you really, I know it doesn't seem that way when you're stretching it out, but really in the grand scheme of things, Remember, some of the older folks remember when you had to save for stuff, right? You had to save up and get a new stove or save up to get a car or save up to do these things. I could walk, I have the worst credit in the world. I could walk out and buy a brand new car right now with no money <laughs> and bad credit because things, you don't have to wait for anything anymore. You don't have to work for it. It feels like, and what I'm starting to notice is that when it comes to our faith, we really don't like the struggle. We really don't like to work for it. We really don't like to have to grapple with it. We want that easy grace. We want that easy faith. We want to come here occasionally <laughs> and uh, you know, feel a bit of an inspiration and camaraderie, and hope that that sustains us. And when we find confrontation out there, we kind of just let it go. We don't really worry about it. We don't grapple with it, I feel like. Because it's so easy to... And, it, and here's the other thing. 
If I said something that got in your face or got all up in your business or start to meddling, there's like a million other churches out there you can go to who aren't going to do that for you, right? <laughs> so it's very easy to go somewhere where you're not going to get challenged or where, where they're just going to say exactly what you think uh, and feel and you can just amen all the way along, right? <laughs> it's, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very easy to go out and pick and choose. This is America, for crying out loud. We can, go, <laughs> we can go get whatever we want out there. And I think that's important to choose. But sometimes we make it too easy on ourselves. Sometimes we take for granted. And the problem with taking the easy road is that, that it, it steals us of our freedom, right? It says, basically, I'm just going to go, I'm going to give up my mind and I'm going to be led along by whatever whim, whatever is being said out there. I'm just going to take it all for rote and I'm not going to struggle with it. And it takes away our freedom to be particular, to choose, to wrestle, to grapple with, and to, and to say, this is something I'm believing and I'm going to work at and this is something i'm letting go this is something i'm not buying into and we have to reconcile that somehow in our minds and that but that's the price of freedom is to take responsibility for working that out and it, it, the other thing it steals our sense of self-worth you know if we just if god god could do this thing of just making us all automatons and believe everything and do everything for us and make it all happen. Kind of what Satan was tempting Jesus to do. Just, just make it easy. Make it easy. Well, God could do that. God could just take away any doubts or any frustrations or anything like that. But then our faith really isn't our own. You know, my father, my whole family are masterful mechanics, particularly my brother Dennis. My brother Dennis can take apart anything and put it back together and it'll run better than it did before. And he's brilliant that way. And I was the youngest, so pretty much all the way along, I, anything went wrong with my cars or anything like that, I turned to my brother or my father. And my father would make me help him, but basically I learned how to hand him a wrench and grab a beer uh, when the time came, right? So, so, so I didn't really learn anything about cars. And when I was, was stationed in Germany, I didn't have, my brother was not there. <laughs> Neither was my father to help me figure things out. So I called my brother and he said, well, get a book, get a Chilton book. You know, those Chilton, uh, I don't think they use them. Now you Google it, but uh, Chilton used, used to put out these books for every car. Get a Chilton book and figure it out. He was a big help. But I... I had to change an alternator, and I did that. I felt so good after I did that. I, was, I got my book out. I figured it out, and I wrestled with it, and I, I took the old one out, put the new one in. I'll be darned if it didn't start right up. <laughs> had to change out the alternator. I felt, so, I felt 10 feet tall after doing that. I felt so good about that really gave me a sense of self-worth. Why? Because I finally really owned this car. It had a little bit of my blood on it, right? When I smashed my finger in the... <laughs> I worked for it. Our faith is kind of the same way. If I'm just handing it to you, if God's just handing it to you, what worth is it? 
What good does it do? But a faith that you have to work through, struggle with, fight about, get to the bottom of, and really make it work for you. Boy, then you feel proud of it. Then you feel like it's really something you own for yourself. You know, there, soon and very soon a day is coming when we're going to have to really want our faith to hang on to it. And we live in a crazy world. We're getting it from all sides. Uh, uh, you know, atheists are telling us we're stupid for believing in any kind of spiritual thing going on here, even though we, we know better. We know uh, what we feel here together, and it's good. I don't know why we got to label it, but we know that something powerful is happening here, and they're telling us we're stupid. On fundamentalist side, they're telling us we're stupid because we worship an inclusive God and we explore, you know, what does it mean to be to love your neighbor and, and we, we let go of the absolutes about these things and we wrestle with it and we make room for everybody at God's table. They're telling us we're stupid too. We're going to have to fight for it. And we come into a time of Lent today. And this time of Lent is really about fighting for that faith. It's about mounting up Saying, what is it really about? Where does it really hit me? And what is it really worth? And it's really not about giving stuff up. It's, it's about adding stuff in. It's about saying, okay, I, I really need that Holy Spirit to point me to look inside and take that deep, hard look. Say, what is at the heart of what my faith is about. And what do I need to let go? What do I need to hang on to? What do I need to wrestle with? And where can I tell Satan to just get out of the way? So that it's just me, God, and my Loving God, as we come to this time of Lent, as we invite Your Spirit to explore our faith, as we open ourselves up to wrestling and and working for it, we just invite You to be in our hearts and be a part of everything we do. Over these 40 days, God, may we indeed boldly examine where we're at and may You take us to a new place. We ask all this in the powerful name of Christ. Amen.